Welcome into the Friday, December 15, 2023, installment of Market Plus. Joining us now, Dan Huber. Dan, I'm going to do a tease here for a minute, okay? Ooh, okay. I'm giving you time to think about this. I'm going to ask you at the end of our discussion, okay. which market, uh, where have the bull or the bear influenced the most and not gone into hibernation yet? Okay. Because it's been a warm <clears throat> December. Sure. Think sure. about that. Okay. Let's start with corn, though. Okay. Instead of animals, okay? Uh, Ron in Iowa wants to know, with the current corn carryover, the current demand, mm -hmm. if we achieve trend line yields in 24, will there be a three starting the corn price? I think there's no question about it. So, I mean, we, even today, you know, 2.2, 2.3 billion carry out from last year. You know, add a record crop on top of that. You know, we're sitting on 16, six billion corn uh you know if you increase that again next year i, I don't see you know granted the only thing that would that would really throw that off would be a major disruption somewhere else in the world i don't know where that's going to happen so <clears throat> i'm going to i don't necessarily say argue with that okay but i want to throw in something that we've talked about a couple of weeks here the weather mm -hmm. last year at this time a lot of the grain belt had good subsoil moisture mm -hmm. they had fall rains those have gone away if you look at the drought monitor in, sure. in areas around. I mean, the Mississippi is low. I know that doesn't, there's no crop in the Mississippi, but the basin has been dry. Do you anticipate that the weather story will be a little more sensitive given our low conditions of subsoil moisture in some of the corn growing areas? Not necessarily. You know, and, and again, those are all probabilities. I mean, Absolutely. No, no question about it. Uh, the same token, I think we have, we have never really, I think, uh, adapted to how well the hybrids of today sustain themselves through stressful situations. And do you think that the market and those who trade will look at it and go, no, you said it was dry and you were going to have the worst crop ever and look what you did? I, I, I think that is in the back of their minds at this point. I don't think we react quite as much as we used to. Plus, I, I think there is a far, not that there is an emotionalism in the market that will always be present and, and part of the, uh, the world we live in, but I think it's reduced from what it used to be. I think there's a lot of computers making decisions. Computers don't get emotional about the weather. So. Uh. Yeah, computers and emotion. Yeah, program that in yeah, to, exactly, your, exactly. to your AI. Exactly uh, I guess right. on a follow-up to that three. Sure. High three, mid three, low three. Well, you know, you know anything in the threes is going to be disastrous unless we're looking at at record yield. So uh, I, I, I would tend to say mid to high threes. You know, so it. So what do I do? Not saying you're not saying that's what's going to happen. Sure. But what do I do if that is a possibility right now today? with those three scenarios that are possible. Well, you know, today, I guess we have the luxury at this point in time that, you know, we're dealing with the uncertainty of what our next crop is going to be. And at this point, nobody knows. There's already discussion that we're probably going to lose some corn acres, which may shift back into soybeans. So you're, you, you tend to want to build some risk premium between now and at least in the end of March until we get some kind of an answer on those figures. So, yeah, I, I don't think you start panicking and selling at current levels, but I think 10 to 10% rallies from where we stand in any of the, any of the corn months uh, is something you reward at this point in time. Well, then I guess that rolls into uh, Mitch in Iowa's question. Are better prices ahead for those still holding corn? <laughs> What's your exit strategy? You know, two, two things to keep in mind in the corn market is, uh, one, yes, I, I think we have a some rallies ahead here. Yet again, I don't think they're going to be substantial rallies ahead. I think your greatest risk is uh, not taking advantage of the carry. You know, it, when, you, when you look at where July corn was versus where December 
expired this week, you've got a 45 cent premium. That's your risk. I mean, if corn was worth uh, 450 as it expired in December, why is it not going to be worth 450 come next summer? if the demand has not shifted at this point in time. So if you're not taking advantage of that 45, 50 cents, you know, there, there's your risk to the downside at that point. We don't have to take nearby corn a lot lower than it is today, but you know, you're gonna lose a lot of opportunity by not taking advantage of what's out there, you know, even at today's prices. Uh, yes, if, if again, I, I think if you get a 10% rally, you sell, but you sell the month that's got the, uh, the best amount of carry to it. Sell the month that has the, okay. Yeah, the highest makes premium. sense. The highest premium. Yeah, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes. All right, uh, we talked a little bit about feed with that corn mm-hmm. for livestock, but let's go back to the hog market for just a little bit. Uh, Robert in Minnesota had a question for you, and it's a little deeper than what we did on the television show. Is the bottom in on the hog market, and when do you believe we will start to see numbers drop from liquidation in the sow herd? You know, uh, the first question, I think we're probably at that bottom in the hog market. You know, two days ago, if you had asked me that, I'd said 50-50. You know, we may be close, but we weren't there. I think the performance of the last two days of this week probably said we've seen enough to the downside and we can start looking for that normal kind of seasonal response higher into uh, spring-summer months. Uh, that said, I, I, I don't know, with, with the price of feed ingredients coming down, uh, particularly if meal continues to deteriorate, I don't know if we really start seeing a lot of liquidation. I mean, most, most of this hog production is commercial at this point in time. They're geared to their packing, their packing plants, and I think it's got to be a lot, a lot of red ink before that happens. I was, we were discussing this a little bit before we rolled, and I, I, I had heard back this summer, and I think a lot of people had, is that there was sow liquidation already happening in the United States. Sure. You think there's sow liquidation happening in China? Oh, absolutely, in China, absolutely. And what does that mean then for us here? Well, it, it could be a boost for our export trade. I mean, and it really hog exports, or pork exports, I should say, have really been fairly respectable all year long. Uh, we're seeing the cattle turn in the opposite direction here at this point in time. So, so if, you know, granted, China... Uh, it's a balancing act for them, you know. Of course, they they you know pushed and pushed and pushed to rebuild their herds after the uh, African swine fever debacle over there. Of course, they expanded dramatically and with these mega farms, and now they've hit the wall. They don't, uh, you know, they they just have put put too much pork out there at this point in time. Uh, the government is trying to do all they can, buying up pork to try to stockpile to try to alleviate some of the the retail pressure. But they've they've gone to record low prices over there. So absolutely, you're seeing some of those mega farms become smaller mega farms at this point in time. So yeah. Two more questions on on uh, on commodities here. Let's let's finish up with uh, King and Texas. Will the funds finish the year net short corn? For the first time in 16 years, I I think the odds are you know considering the length of time we have to finish out the year, I think they will be still short, but it will be have reduced significantly. I know they were big buyers again this last week. I didn't see the total fund numbers. I know the large spec was it was a large buyer still maintaining a short position, but I think two weeks ago they were 145, 150 thousand contracts short. Uh, but you know they could have that knocked down to less than 50 thousand by the end of the year easily. Well, what about the outside money that's maybe not necessarily the, the commodities, the commodity fund folks normal, but the, those that look to park money, the, the stock market had another good week. Oh, sometimes that money 
if we're up in one, we're not an up in the other. Right. Well, you, you tend, yeah, money's going to flow back and forth between where they think they're going to get the best return. So, yeah, could some of that be moving and exiting over to the equity markets? Certainly, certainly. But, it, yeah. uh, you know, that would not tend to be the short player, I don't think. You know, it's, you know nobody's going to go over and try to... Not many are going to go over and try to short the S&P 500 at this point in time. No, not the way it's performed. Right. Let's uh, talk with Charlie in Ohio Mm -hmm. and his question. By the way, thank you for your questions each and every week. We always appreciate them. Uh, Look for them on Facebook and also on X where we ask for them. And Charlie says, do you anticipate the basis on corn or soybeans to strengthen faster? Which one? Oh, one or the other? Yeah, one or the other. Which one? I would tend to say... I, I think I'm going to favor corn, just in the okay. respect. I think there's a little bit of better. We have a little bit better chance for demand on corn uh, once we get after the first of the year. Um, you know, not that the processor still won't be interested in soybeans, but the demand side of it uh, could just fall off a cliff because South America will take over the market again. So, all right, your bears and your bulls. We've had a warm fall. Yes, hibernation hasn't started. Not quite not for quite. the bears. Yep. Where's the bear market the biggest and needs to go and hibernate? I think the, uh, the bears are probably going to hibernate most rapidly in wheat, at least for a while. Secondly, in corn, uh, they may not go to hibernation of the soybeans. So. And do you see, okay, so maybe the bear hibernates in the wheat market. Does the bull come or is it just there's no... Well, not that there won't, you know, again, we're seeing enough demand. You could say the bull, there is some bull there, uh, but extended bull, no. I, I think it's, it's more of a uh, short covering of, you know, those who are just laying on the short side already. So, All right. Thank you, Dan, for playing along. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Good to see you again. Dan Hubers. Yes. Merry Christmas to you as well. Next week, we are going to showcase the latest winner of the World Food Prize, and we'll have the commodity market analysis with Jeff French. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week.